You know, if I were to ask you the question, what has Christ done for you lately? I guess it depends on the audience I'd be talking to. Now, obviously, uh, most of this stuff goes out to a, a religious audience. But, you know, if you're the atheist, you would say, well, Jesus hasn't done much for me lately. Uh, if you're an unbeliever, if you're very ungrateful, an ungrateful person, you'd, you'd probably say, well, Christ hasn't done much for me lately. But if you're a Christian, your answer would be different. Uh, your answer would be, well, Jesus died for my sins, and for that I am very grateful. Uh, because he lives, I can live. In other words, Romans 5 and verse 10 says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. In other words, when we were sinners, we had been reconciled to God uh, through the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And what that means is being saved by his life. In other words, we have a living high priest who sits at the right hand of God, ready to make intercession for us to forgive us of our sins. You see, it's one thing to be forgiven of past sins, and it's all good that we can be forgiven of, of our past. But the problem is we often, in our efforts to try to please God, we still continue to make mistakes. We continue to slip up. And so for that reason, we have a daily high priest who is ready to make intercession for us to forgive us of our sins. And so we can go to Christ, and because of his life, that he is a living priest, we can be forgiven whenever the occasion arises, whenever you make the mistakes. Uh, you're, you're trying to please God you fall through a series of weaknesses or temptation or whatever, we can go back and because he lives, we can be forgiven. But I want to look at today what Christ did for you before you were born. In fact, I want to look at today what Christ did for you before the world was created, before man was created. And I think this is a great oversight of many people, especially many Christian people, of not realizing what Christ did for us before we were born, before the world was created, before man was created. Now, in 1 Peter 1 and verse 19, it says this. It says, but with the precious blood of Christ, as the lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. In other words, he was chosen before it all began. He was chosen or foreordained before the foundation of the world. In other words, the, the decision was made before the world was created that he would come to this world, once it was created, that he would come to this world in the form of flesh and blood. That Christ's decision to come to this earth, flesh and blood, is what I call the greatest sacrifice of all. Is That Really in the Bible? presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. So let's take a look at the greatest sacrifice of all, what Christ did for you before you were born, before this world was created, before man was created. In Genesis 1 and verse 26, 
It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now notice this. Here are two beings, the Father and the Son. They are together, and they're saying, Let us, you and me, create man in our image and after our likeness. Now, this is what I call the glory of God at work. You know, it's it's sort of what I call God at his best. I mean, maybe I shouldn't use that phrase, but we all have our better sides to us, and I guess God has no bad side. I sh- maybe I should correct myself there. But what I mean by God at his best, when God is creating, when the family of God, the Father and the Son are creating, they are indeed at their best. This is what the, I call the glory of God at its best. They're creating. They're doing what they love to do. They're, they're saying, let us create man in our image and after our likeness. And you know, Jesus spoke about this glory. Before his crucifixion in John 17, verse 5, he says this. He says, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with your own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the, before the world was. In other words, before the world was, I had this, this glory with God. Now, I like to think what this glory was like. The Father and the Son, what kind of glory did they share? Well, first of all, you got to realize God is a spirit, not flesh and blood. We are flesh and blood, but God is a spirit. And Jesus likened the spirit. What do, you mean? What, what do I mean? Okay, God is a spirit. What does it mean to be a spirit being? Well, Jesus, when questioned about this, he made this comment in John 3 and verse 8, talking about what it means to be spirit, what it means to be, bo- to be born of God, what it, what it will mean to be born of God as a spirit being in the resurrection. He said this, he said, the wind blows where it wills, and you hear the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So I take it that spirit beings are like the wind. They can be invisible. They go here. They go there. You know, they have, in other words, they are limitless. As a spirit being, this kind of glory is limitless. There are no boundaries. We're talking about immortality. In other words, you can't die. This is what it means to share in the glory of God. As, as we look at Christ, what 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 is the family of God like? What was Christ like before he became flesh and blood? Okay, what was he like before he became flesh and blood? He was limitless, no boundaries, immortal, no pain, no suffering, because we're not talking about a physical body that wears out like we have. No, we're talking about a spiritual body. Time doesn't mean anything to a spirit being because they're not limited by time. You know, everything we do, we're limited by time. We, I only got so much time to do this. I only have much time at work. I only got too much time on my vacation. Well, as a spirit being in this kind of glory, there is no limit to time. Okay? We're talking about boundless joy, peace, happiness, boundless energy. Imagine that, just having incredible, boundless, unlimited energy. Also able, get this, what does it mean to 
share in the glory of God? What does it mean to, to what is the glory of God? I mean, to travel at the speed of thought. You remember the story when uh, Jesus was resurrected and Mary came to him and was going to hug him. And she said, Jesus said, touch me not. I have not yet ascended to the Father. Well, in a very short period of time, Jesus went to the Father and then came back and appeared to his disciples. Now, where is the where is the Father? Well, the Father is in heaven. Well, where at in heaven? Well, maybe the other side of the universe. I mean, I don't know. But my point is, Jesus left once he was resurrected as a spirit being. He was able to go to his Father and come back and appear to his disciples all in a matter of, you know, pretty much limited, unlimited by time far as, far as travel. So this is what I mean, travel at the speed of thought, which is really a cool idea when you think about it. I would like to be right now in Hawaii uh, on the island of Maui, maybe. And so okay, if I had the ability, if I had the glory of God, I could travel at the speed of thought. Now, Colossians 1 and verse 16 tells us something about Jesus that we need to understand. It says, for by him, that is Jesus, were all things created. Now, what does that tell you? Well, everything. Look at it. Look at the world. Look at mankind. Look at everything that has been created. By him, Jesus Christ, were all things created that are in heaven. Okay. We're talking about the universe, the Milky, Milky Way galaxies uh, that are on the earth, that are visible, invisible, even things you cannot see like atoms, okay, whether they be thrones or, or, or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him, that is by Jesus and for him. Now, this is incredible because it talks about things that are invisible, things that you cannot see, that we cannot see. You know, atoms are the building blocks for everything in the universe, including ourselves, God took, now this, we're talking about the glory of God, okay? The glory that Jesus had from the foundation of the world when he was with the Father and they were creating and they were creating the world, they created mankind. What kind of glory did God have? God took spirit energy in the form of atoms and molecules and created everything that you see. Everything. All of it. It says, by him were all things created. Well, how, how does this creating process uh, take place? Well, we're talking about atoms and, and rearranging them in certain things. But, but you, if you look at the trees, the grass, if you look at mankind, all of it, God took spirit energy in the form of atoms and molecules and created everything that we see. Now, I believe when all is said and done, our destiny is to become that very energy as a spirit being, that you also will have the power to create. And I'll touch on that in just a moment about how awesome that concept is. But anyway, in 1 John 3 and verse 2, it says this about our destiny, okay? Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he appears, that is when Christ returns, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. What does it mean to be like God? Have you ever heard that before? 
in church, 40 years in church? Have you heard? We shall be like him. Well, like God is, God is unlimited, boundless spirit energy that is able to take atoms and molecules and create things with them, rearrange them, create different things with them. God is unlimited, boundless spirit energy. Now, I like to think what this will be like, because one of the things I realize is that from the get-go, you find God creating. God is a creator. And I think man shares that desire to be a creator. I mean, just look around you. Look at, look at, look at the brilliant mind that God has given mankind. Look at the things that man has created. Look at your automobile that you're driving. It's a marvel. I mean, yeah, okay, it's a bunch of nuts and bolts and plastic and all that, but it is a marvel, especially the newer vehicles of all the options they have. It, it, it's brilliant. Man is a creator. Look at a skyscraper building, you know. I mean, it is a marvel. I mean, it really is. Man is a creator. Look at an, air, look at an airplane. Look at an airport and how all that stuff works. Man is a creator. Now, I really like this idea of being a creator because I like to create things and and I like to build things. You know, I've been cleaning out my woods for 40 years, it seems like, around my house. And I've often thought, if I had the glory of God, if I had the power of God, you know, I'll look at a section of woods and the trees of maybe a storm has knocked down old trees and they're hung up in each other and you got all this underbrush and I start looking at that and I think how beautiful would it be to clean up that underbrush if I had the power and the glory of God this is what I would do I would all this underbrush I would immediately start uh, the decaying process rapidly increase the decaying process and allow all that underbrush just, just to turn to sawdust. And immediately it's all cleaned up. And now you can see straight through the woods at all the beauty that's there. And if I had the glory of God, I would create a, 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 a little area of lady slippers, maybe a big area of lady slippers. You ever looked at a lady slipper flower? That's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. This is what I would do if I, and then I would maybe over here create a little brook, a little stream, a little spring of water coming up, maybe a creek that runs along the, the, the bank there through the woods. You know, I, I, I would be, if I had this, the glory of God, I would definitely take advantage of being a creator to be like God. You know, I like that. Because God, what does it mean to be like God? He is limitless, no boundaries, immortal, no pain, no suffering. Because we're not talking about a physical body anymore. We're talking about a spiritual body. Uh, not limited by time. You got all the time. You will have, think about this, you will have eternity to do all the things you want to do. Not limited by time, boundless joy, peace, happiness, boundless energy, and able, able to travel at the speed of thought. Again, let's read it again. 1 John 3 and verse 2. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall 
be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Don't deny what your Bible is saying, what your Bible is telling you. Now, I don't mean to pick on people that believe in heavenly retirement, but I do have a problem with it, you know, the the concept. I mean, how many streets of gold could you walk through? How many miles of streets of gold where you see the exact same structure, a gold house, whatever? You know, how long could you do that? How long could you enjoy that? How long could you enjoy harp music? How long could you enjoy gazing up into the master's eyes, you know, like a, a hound dog with its tail thumping on the hardwood floor and gazing up into the master's eyes for all eternity? How long could you do that? And yet this scripture tells us we shall be like him. And God is unlimited, boundless spirit energy with the ability to create. Now, this is a lot more exciting for me. It really is. Now, let's consider what Jesus did for you. In Philippians 2 and verse 7, it says, But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Yes, Jesus was made in the likeness of men. That word, uh, he but made himself of no reputation. That word reputation means he emptied himself. Just like you take a glass and you just pour it out. He totally emptied himself of his glory. For this, hey, let me just be blunt. He emptied himself of his glory for this miserable physical existence so that he could become flesh and blood. You see, your problem is this. You think this life is so great, don't you? I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, you're working your life away and probably at some job you don't even like, maybe a job that you hate, and you call this living? You know, no one ever said on their deathbed they wish they had spent more time at work. You know, you mow your grass, and the next week you got to mow it again, and next week you got to mow it again, and next week. I mean, the monotonous routine every week, every just the same old thing every single day. Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. Life is good. Maybe you've seen the shirt. Maybe you've seen the hats that say life is good. Well, life can be good temporarily. If you live in America, now if you live in Africa and you got little stick legs and you're starving, life is not good. I can guarantee you that. But yeah, okay, if you live in America and, and, and you're, you've got your health and you've got everything going for you, yeah, life can be temporarily good. But it's more to life than this physical existence. There was a song by John Mellencamp, Little Pink Houses. It says there's a black man with a black cat living in a black neighborhood. He's got an interstate running through his front yard. And he looks at it and he says, man, I've got it so good. Yeah, got an interstate running right through his front yard. And walks out and nearly gets run over by a car. And he's thinking to himself, man, I've got it so good. And there's a woman in the kitchen cleaning up the evening slop. Maybe working at a job she hates. 
And he looks at her and says, Darling, I can remember when you could stop a clock. Yeah, you know, this body wears out, gets old, gets ugly, and you die. That's what this physical existence is all about. You know, I would hate to be a Hollywood star. And the reason is because you cannot maintain this sex symbol. You cannot maintain this gorgeous hunk. You cannot maintain your voice, your acting skills. You cannot maintain that forever. You know, it's like the country western song, Would You Catch a Falling Star by John Anderson. You know, it's about a a country western singer that's losing it. And there's only a few people that even show up anymore to to his singing concerts or whatever. Would you catch a falling star? Don't you know how people are? Nobody loves you when you're down. Yeah, how true it is. How true it is. I was watching a special about Elton John. Um, you know, I like some of Elton's music. I really do. But, you know, at the, at the big event there, there was Elton's gay lover sitting beside him. And I don't know. I mean, maybe this stuff shouldn't bother me. That's just our society in which we live. But, you know, when you take the greatest, one of the greatest gifts that God has given to mankind, and that is woman, God created them male and female. And he said, here, Adam, here is woman for you. And when you, 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 you take that and you say, not interested, I, I just got a problem with it. I mean, I really do. I just have a problem. When you take the greatest gift, one of the greatest gifts that God has given to mankind and that is woman. And you say, I'm not interested. I got a problem with it. But you know, as you look at the stars that are out there, you realize there's a time for them to get out of the business. It really is, you know, because I know people need to leave before you run out of dignity. I was watching a documentary on evil Knievel one time and evil Knievel was my hero as a boy. And he was 60 some years old, you know, and, and he made the comment, you know, people ask him about jumping again. And he said, you know, it, it wouldn't be any dignity in a 60 year old man jumping a motorcycle, you know, you jump and crash and all your body part, your legs and arms fall off, whatever. There'd be no dignity in that. And it, it was a true statement. You know, sometimes we got to learn to when it's time to get, uh, get out of business, I guess a lot of these stars and singers need to learn that. But you know, this life, this physical life, Christ, one of his greatest sacrifices is that he became flesh and blood and lived out 33 and a half years on this earth as a physical God in the flesh. But still, that was an incredible sacrifice. It really is. And you know, this life, you know, you listen to some of the television evangelists and they, it's, it's like... The only thing they're trying to do is just make this life better. And I guess it's good to to do that. But, you know, it's just, you know, they're begging for money and send your seed donation and God will bless you and you can prosper and have more money in your bank account. And, and, And I guess television evangelists, you know, they really can't talk about heaven that much. I mean, that's a hard sale right there. You can only make that so exciting. And but you know, real theology is is this: we shall be like God. Now that gets exciting right there; it really does. But what the Bible tells us is that Jesus Christ emptied Himself; He poured Himself out, and you know He made the decision. 
to take the lowest rung on the ladder. He downsized to being flesh and blood. He went from limitless, you know, no limits to incredible physical limitations of just the five senses. He went from no boundaries to all the boundaries that of gravity that we have and you know he went from immortality to being a mortal physical person flesh and blood he went from no pain no suffering to a physical body that if you cut it it would bleed and it would hurt and if you stumped your toe it would hurt he went from boundless joy peace happiness to this He went from boundless energy to a body that wears out. He went from traveling at the speed of thought to riding a camel. I mean, think about that. You know, Jesus in the flesh, it was, I guess it was the first time for him, you know, riding on a camel, you know, know, riding along, you know, on a camel and Bartholomew, you know, how long we've been riding this camel? Well, we've been on this camel eight hours. How far have we gone? about three miles. Think about it. Here's a being that could travel at the speed of thought. Now he's riding a camel. It's incredible. Christ emptied himself totally. He took the lowest rung on the ladder, and that is this physical existence that we so treasure. Can you understand why First John 2 and verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And I don't know why. Well, yeah, I do know why. You know, we desperately want to hang on to the lowest rung of the ladder. And I know why. Because, you see, we have nothing to relate to. The only thing we can relate to is this physical existence. We can relate to when we were born. We can relate to when we felt better. We can relate to when we had better health. We can relate to all the physical joys that life can bring, our family, our children, our love interests. We know we can relate. That's the only thing that we can relate to as human beings. But you see, what kept Christ going through the darkest moments of his life. And I have often wondered what kept him going through those dark moments. How, you know, he's he's sweating as if great drops of blood. And he's saying, Father, if it's any other way to work this out, how did he do it? And my, my answer is he could always think back. Christ could always think back to what it was like. To He could always go back to and think back to his glory. His absolute glory of, you know, creating, rearranging atoms and creating things and immortality and limitless energy and bound, no boundaries and not limited by time. He could always relate back to his glory days. Well, you know, we're getting older and our bodies do wear out and, you know, it's like, Sort of like that country western song says, you know, I'm much too young to be this damn old. You know, uh, it's just, it's the way of life. It's the way of life. But I want you to think about the greatest sacrifice, what Christ 
did for you. He emptied himself of all his glory. He said, let's downsize this, you know. We go around supersizing everything, but Christ downsized. He poured himself out. He took the lowest rung of the ladder, this physical existence that he lived out for 33 and a half years. He did all of it, all of it, for you and me. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.